Oh, it's great to be back. It is great to be back recording again here for Straight Out of Cloyne with me, your host, with the worst fake Scottish accent you've ever heard in your life. Dylan Tarrell Rave. That was fucking terrible. Oh my god, I'm actually quite embarrassed about that. To the point where part of me is tempted to start this again, but no. Just no, because I feel like I'm so ashamed of that impression that uh, I feel like I need to feel embarrassed. So there you go. You've all heard that. And now I'm just going to go cry for a bit. (laughs) Northern Ireland's own Sky James, who was also in the area for a clash at the castle. And she had two spare... Uh, wristbands to go and meet the Celtic warrior Seamus, the first ever Irish-born WWE champion, which was super cool of her. It's actually my first time getting to meet Sky in person, which was great. We got to hang out for a bit and uh, just chat about wrestling and whatnot. And uh, she met us outside Cardiff Castle, where the meet and greet was happening. And um, we were having this chat or whatever, and she said that, oh, um, I actually just went for a pint with uh, Charles Robinson famous wrestling referee, and I was like, oh, really? I was like, oh, class, I fucking love to meet Charles Robinson. He's obviously someone I've idolized as, you know, as a wrestling referee. You know, he's, for me, the best wrestling referee of all time. And me and Sky are having this chat or whatever, and next thing, Charles Robinson just is going up talking to people in the queue. And I'm like, oh, my God, that's, that's Charles Robinson. And he comes over and he's chatting to Sky and he looks at me and he can tell like I'm like starstruck. I don't know what to say. I was like, how are you? He's like, I'm good, man. How are you? He's like, I don't know what to say. I didn't know what to say to him. And Sky, to be fair to her, because I think she could tell I was a bit nervous. She was like, oh, this guy here is a referee as well. And Charles is like, oh, really? Oh, that's really cool. And we were just having this chat and he took like a real like genuine interest in the fact that I was now a pro wrestling referee. And I was I had to ask him, I was like, any advice that you give me? And he was just like, treat it like it's real, man. Just keep treating it like it's real. And then we got a picture, and it was such a cool experience meeting Charles Robinson. He is the fucking nicest guy on the planet. I cannot describe to you how nice Charles Robinson is. It was so cool to have such a legend be that just super fucking cool. Just so nice, chatting to everybody. When I asked him for a picture, he was so um, polite. He was you know, he was so polite to talk to. He was really cool. Had no problem taking a picture at me. It was absolutely epic. And I was like, it was like one of these things where I was like, what are the chances of that happening? Like, what are the chances? Not only has, is this man refereeing the main event match at Clash at the Castle, but he's refereed... You know, he's refereed Undertaker Shawn Michaels. He's refereed um, the final ever match in WCW between Sting and Ric Flair. He's refereed some of the like most incredible matches in this company's history and this business's history. And here I am getting to talk to him. And uh... oh man, I just can't believe it happened. It was fucking just amazing. Such a cool moment, and I'm so thankful for it. Getting emotional. <laughs> getting so emotional because honestly, being a wrestling referee is something I've taken. A lot of pride in. I know I took that little break from it there last year when my confidence was kind of knocked a little bit and 
I took a bit of time away, but in a way, I feel like it was a good thing because it gave me a whole new perspective on it and I think it made me even more hungry to come back and be a referee. And yeah, just what a, an amazing experience that was. Then we got to go up and meet Seamus, which was absolutely epic. I remember watching Seamus on the Wrestling Channel back in 2006, wrestling Drew Galloway, now known as Drew McIntyre, for Irish Whip Wrestling. And here I am meeting him 11 years after I first got to see him wrestle live in the now 3 Arena, then O2 Arena. Like, it was just crazy. It's like, this is a guy I've literally grown up watching pretty much my whole life. And here I am getting to meet him. Like, he's one of the first guys who I ever saw outside WWE then make it to WWE. Like, it's crazy. Absolutely crazy. As I say, first ever Irish-born WWE champion. Very nearly a Grand Slam winner. Just needs that IC title, which unfortunately he couldn't get at Clash at the Castle. But uh, we'll talk about that more in a minute. Uh, But that was epic. Really nice guy as well, Seamus. Super cool. Uh, Great getting to meet him. And uh, just a great day overall. Absolutely amazing. And then came the day of the show, which was just an unbelievable experience. There is literally nothing I can say about the day that isn't positive. It was just... I have been dreaming about going to a WWE pay-per-view my whole life. And a stadium show as well. And the fact it was finally getting to happen was just incredible. It was actually like I was just looking around the stadium going like, I can't believe I'm here. I actually can't believe this is happening. Like This is epic. There was one little hiccup. The steward sent me and Alex to the wrong seats. It was the same row, but it was the wrong seats. Now, to be fair, the guys that came over and said, sorry, it was like, we're actually sitting here. You're actually sitting over there. And I was like, uh, the, the steward sent me here. And he, <laughs> to be fair to your man, he was like, yeah, um, they sent us to your seats. I was like, really? And I showed him my tickets. I was like, but this is row 10. They're like, yeah, no, this is row 10. But um, there's also a row 10 over there. Because <laughs> they were like, the guy looks so stressed. He was like, I'm really sorry about this. I was like, oh, no, you're fine. He was like, just go over there and he'll direct you to the right seat. I heard a few people say that, uh, up around our area, they got put to the wrong seats. So listen, it's just a small hiccup. It's one of those things that happens. To be honest with you, the seats we ended up actually going to actually had a bit of a better view we could actually because the the seats we were in originally we couldn't really see the entrance but we could see the ring whereas now we had a perfect view of the entrance and we could still see the ring so it was it was perfect there was not a bad match on the card there really wasn't um another shout out i want to give as well is to zoe london the dj who was playing before the pay-per-view that was really really cool she played some epic tunes and uh yeah that was a that was kind of a nice little touch to have um, down on the floor was the DJ. It was really cool and fair play to her. Like sixty-two thousand people. It's hard to keep you who are there who are not there to see a DJ. They're there to see wrestling, and you know to have so many people comment on how great she was. Thought that was really cool, and I, I love a good DJ. I do. Um, and it was yeah, that was really really cool. But in terms of like the actual match card itself, to quote Seamus. Banger after banger after banger after banger after banger after banger. Every match was absolutely epic. Even the, the pre-show match was really good. The Street Profits and... Um, what's his name? Um, Riddick Moss versus the Alpha Academy and uh, Austin Theory. I enjoyed that match. Opening match was the six-woman tag match. 
which is Bianca Belair, Alexa Bliss, and Asuka versus um, Bailey, uh, Sky, and Dakota Kai, which was a very fun opener. I think it was the perfect match to open the show. Um, really, really, really good. Not really much to say on the match other than I think it was in the perfect slot. Not a bad moment in it. It was cool getting to see Alexa Bliss, who is obviously my sister's favorite wrestler. So Karis was very happy that I got a video of Alexa Bliss's entrance that I could show her. So she was delighted with that. And yeah, really, really enjoyed it. The best match of the night was up next. Sheamus versus Gunther for the Intercontinental title. Holy shit. This match absolutely fucking ruled. Sheamus got a huge ovation. A huge ovation, which obviously we were going to shout mad for him being Irish. But the whole stadium was on their feet for him, which was fucking epic. Hearing, you know, his theme song Hellfire play throughout the Principality Stadium as he made the entrance with that Irish battle cry, Fout a bala, which means clear the way. Ah, oh, just goosebumps. Complete goosebumps. Gunther, whatever you want to say about the name change and all that, he is just an absolute enigma of a man. This was just, this showed how brutal wrestling can be. And I mean like like physically brutal. They were slapping the shit out of each other. And it was so much fun to watch. And it was great because where we were sitting, we had that perfect view of the ring. But if anything was happening like by ringside at a side of the ring we couldn't really see, um, we could look we could look up at the screen and see what was happening. So we didn't get to miss anything. It was great. But uh, yeah, this was match of the night for me. Absolutely just clinic. Absolute clinic from two great European wrestlers. Gunther, in the end, got the win, which was a bit disappointing. I would have loved to have seen Sheamus win the IC title. Yeah, it was that was the only disappointment, but the standing ovation he got afterwards. I I nearly started crying. Because I think Seamus, and I'm not just saying this because I'm Irish, I'm saying this as a wrestling fan. I think Seamus is one of the most criminally underrated wrestlers of all time. Especially in WWE. I don't think that man gets enough credit. For such a big guy. He's so agile. He's got a hard-hitting moveset. He really embraces his culture in a really cool way. Like, he really uses, like, the the high kings of Ireland as, like, you know, a big part of his character. He broke a lot of Irish stereotypes. Like, people say Conor McGregor was the original person to do that. No offence, lads, and no offence to Conor, but you're wrong. Seamus was. He broke a lot of stereotypes. Like, with all due respect to Finlay, because even though he embraced stereotypes, I think he did it in a clever way. Where, like, people would get on board with it. And it was entertaining. But Seamus kind of stepped away from that and showed that, like... No, we're more than just singing leprechauns who are drunk all the time. You know, we're warriors. You know? We're we're kings. It was just... Oh, he represents the country so well. He doesn't get enough credit from the Irish, you know, media either. If I'm being perfectly honest. Uh, he, he really doesn't. But that that's what was so great about seeing him get that ovation. I feel like people are finally, um, are finally appreciate what a great asset to WWE to WWE he is, and what a great advocate he is for Irish wrestling. I think he gets overlooked far too much from from all areas. So that was really really cool, and hopefully he'll get that uh, Intercontinental title sooner rather than later. 
So that was epic. Uh, I'm trying to remember the order of each match. So I think the next match, if I'm not mistaken, was Liv Morgan versus Shayna Baszler. If memory has served me correctly for the SmackDown women's title. Yeah, I think that was next. Uh, yeah, it was a good match. Uh, it, it, what was a shame was this was the match I think a lot of people kind of took toilet breaks and stuff. Which is a shame because Liv Morgan, I feel like, has suffered a little bit from the the babyface backfire. Where, like, everyone seemed to want her to become the champion and want her to get this mega push. And now she's getting it and people are kind of going, eh... I'm not really too sure about this. And maybe it's because of certain booking decisions. Um, I think the Ronda Rousey thing might have soured people a little bit on her. But lads, she's just doing her job. Uh, she's a very, you know, she's a great talent. She's a very, uh, she, she's a very good wrestler. She really is. She's got everything. She's got a great look, great moveset, um, huge following. There's there's not much else you can ask um, from a wrestler. And, and, and Liv Morgan... I think she's doing a tremendous job. Shayna Baszler is a bona fide badass. Has that legit MMA background. Really enjoy watching her work. I think she's the perfect heel to go up against Liv Morgan. I think there is good chemistry there in terms of character development wise. Um, For a storyline, I think Liv Morgan is the perfect clean babyface. And Shayna Baszler is like the perfect badass heel. So I thought they mixed quite well together. But... Despite, like, some of the fans maybe not paying as much attention to this, thought it was a great match. I thought it, it served its purpose, and uh, I think Liv Morgan was the only babyface on the main card to get a win without some shenanigans happening afterwards. Because after this was a really special moment for a couple of reasons. It was the tag team uh, match between Rey Mysterio and Edge versus Judgment Day, Finn Balor and Damian Priest. Alex, my cousin, who was traveling with me to the show, who was at the show with me, his all-time favorite wrestler is Rey Mysterio. And this was the first time he got to see Rey Mysterio wrestle live. This was only my third time, I think, seeing Rey wrestle live. He was at the very first show I was at in 2005 at the RDS. He wrestled Eddie Guerrero that night, um, which is crazy because it was only like four months before Eddie died. Then I saw him in 2009, ironically, against Edge, which was the only other time I've seen Edge wrestle live. It was Cena and Rey Mysterio against Edge and the Big Show in the main event in the old, uh, well, it's still there, the O2 Arena, but it's now called the 3 Arena. But yeah, this was a really special moment, getting to see Rey Mysterio, for Alex, getting to see Rey Mysterio wrestle live. And lads, the reaction that Edge got, this was the biggest pop of the night. Edge got a mega pop, which was epic. Everybody was singing along to Metalingus, his epic theme song, Goosebumps. The Lucha Mask. I remember like when he came into the ring, I was like, I think Edge is wearing a mask. That's really cool. Oh, lads, this was just quality. This was a real emotional moment because it was funny. The first ever WWE show that Alex came um, to with me was back in 2011, April 15th, 2011. And on that day, pun intended, it was just four days after Edge had announced his retirement before, obviously, he came back in 2020. And it was crazy that here we were 11 years later seeing Edge and Rey Mysterio in one of the featured matches on a, the first UK pay, uh, pay-per-view show for 30 years, wrestling a guy from Wicklow. 
<laughs> who would have thought that back in 2011? That was something that was just crazy. Very hard to comprehend, but uh, an, an epic moment all the same. Judgment Day's entrance, I fucking love that song. Like, Metalingus is obviously a banger, but The Other Side by Alter Bridge, oh man, it just hits differently. It is an absolutely fucking just epic song. As Seamus would say, banger. Another really fun match. Uh, Edge and Ray obviously getting the win. Very emotional moment for all of us uh, watching it because these were two legends that, you know, who knows when we'll see them wrestle live again. Will they wrestle in the UK or Europe again? It remains to be seen. But then Dominic Mysterio the bastard turning on his father. I, I, it was, you know what though? I remember me and Alex were just like, I can't believe what we've just seen. And this, and this is the beauty of wrestling. Dominic Mysterio, the son of Rey Mysterio. A man who Rey Mysterio literally wrestled Eddie Guerrero in a ladder match for the custody of back in 2005. And here they are. In a UK stadium show. And Dominic just kicked Edge in the nuts. And just beat the shit out of his dad. And he's now siding with the Judgment Day. We saw a heel turn right in front of our eyes. It was crazy. As as like as emotional as we were being like, Dominic, you son of a bitch. Just getting lost. Suspending our disbelief and just getting lost in the moment. We were like, that's so fucking cool that we got to see that live. So, yeah, just a lot of emotions in that match, but uh, it really just just took us on a really good journey. The co-main event then was between Seth Rollins and Matt Riddle. Another fantastic match. What else would you expect from two unbelievably talented wrestlers? I forgot to say, actually, in the last match, that was actually my first time seeing Finn Balor wrestle live, so that was really cool. And this was my first time getting to see Seth Rollins wrestle live, which is huge for me because, like... Obviously, Sheamus, I think I said, was like the first guy I followed uh, from the Irish scene to WWE. The first, like, top guy from the independents I followed to WWE would have been Seth Rollins when he was Tyler Black in Ring of Honor. So, I've been a huge Seth Rollins fan my whole life. So, this was really cool getting to see him wrestle live for the first time as well. The fans singing along to his theme song. Oh, my God. Just, I fucking love Seth Rollins' theme song. Oh, it was epic. Absolutely epic. And speaking of epic, they went all out for this match. Like it's Because obviously we get to see the video package play before the match, just like everybody does at home. That um, side-by-side interview they did, which took inspiration from the John Jones and DC one from um, from the UFC, that really gave the match just a real like personal feel to it. Like This is a real like grudge match. There's a lot of bad blood here. I love that. I love that since Triple H has taken over, he's really tapped into that side of wrestling because it still works. If you do it right, it still works. And if you can if you can do it well and have it come across um, as realistic, I, 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 I think uh, we should see more of it. Don't just do it for the sake of doing it. Do it if it makes sense and if it works. And for me, this really, really did work. Rollins gets the win. Absolutely phenomenal match. Very close between this and the main event for being the second best match of the night. I'd still put Sheamus and Gunther as number one. But this and the main event were probably joint second. Up next we had the main event. Drew McIntyre back in the UK. The first ever British WWE heavyweight champion coming up against the tribal chief Roman Reigns. The best part of this match... Or the chants. We obviously had the 
Simple but effective. Oh, Drew McIntyre. Oh, Drew McIntyre. Anytime Roman Reigns got a bit frustrated, we had the brilliant and also infamous Who are ya? Who are ya? But the best chant, without a doubt, for me. And it was like they just thought of it on the spot, the people who started it. Honestly, I, I couldn't... I joined in with this chant, but I couldn't stop laughing because it was just like... It was just so quick. And it worked so well that I feel like... I just I couldn't help but laugh, but it was the Roman Reigns is terrified of Drew McIntyre. Roman Reigns is terrified of Drew McIntyre. It was almost like they had it planned, but I don't think they did because it was just like it was like it started in like you know a couple of whispers and then it just was like blaring out to the arena. It was such a funny chant, and it was like this is why we need to get more stadium shows not just stadium shows but just pay-per-views in the uk even if they're in the o2 in and of course someone walks in as i'm recording hello Jesus. queen's dead yeah. oh wow the queen has just died yeah. wow that's well wwe clashed the castle review and the queen is dead <laughs> wow that's crazy i actually don't know what to say right now None of this is being edited out. She couldn't take the defeat of Drew McIntyre. No, oh my god. <laughs> the Queen is... Yeah, so pretty much Roman Reigns is responsible for the Queen dying. So, to any of you anti-British people out there, you can thank Roman Reigns. <laughs> well, I was not expecting that. I was not expecting that. I did know the Queen was sick. I did know that. But for some reason, I didn't think it was going to happen so soon. Wow, the Queen is dead. Can I just say, this is going to sound so bad, and this is no offence to my uh, British listeners, because I have nothing against Britain at all. I actually love going over to the UK. But, like, I can't even remember what I was just about to say. Uh, oh, yeah. Um, I'm so glad this has happened when I've left the UK, because I feel like everything's just going to be up in arms tonight. I can't believe I'm just going to say this. Because the Queen has just died. But does that mean the Man United match is not going to go ahead tonight? Oh, bloody hell. I, ho I really hope... I hope that doesn't happen. I can't believe the Queen has just died. Anyways. Roman Reigns and Drew McIntyre. The last ever WWE Championship match before the Queen died. A lot of people were unhappy about the finish. I personally liked it. I thought... Okay, if Roman Reigns is winning tonight... You can't just have him beat Drew clean. And if you're going to do a screwy finish, you have to do it in a way that's going to be interesting. And it's not just... Okay, it's going to piss some people off, but there's still something there that they'll be like, oh, shit, what's, what's going to happen here? Austin Theory nearly cashing in and getting knocked out by Tyson Fury was brilliant. Got a huge pop because I know um, Austin Theory is a bit of a controversial figure in WWE at the moment. I like him, but I I, I know that people are kind of mixed on him. We then had um, a couple of ref bumps as well. Oh, Leon Edwards, the UFC champion, was there too, which was really cool. And Bret Hart. So there, those were some people at ringside. That was, uh, that was really cool too. 
And then obviously we had the debut of, um, oh my god, I can't remember his fucking name. Oh my god, what's his fucking name? The guy from NXT. This is really embarrassing. I can't remember his name. Completely forgot. Uh, uh, Solo. Sikoa, I think is how you say it. I don't really watch NXT much. I mostly just kind of catch the highlights, so I might be pronouncing that wrong. But I thought that was really cool to be like, oh shit, we've got a debut here. It's an NXT call-up in the main event of a UK stadium show. I think if you're going to keep the title on Roman and if Drew is not winning in the UK, I think they did it perfectly. I don't really have a problem with people who didn't like it. If people are like are kind of like, oh, fucking like, I, 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 don't, I didn't like that. I think Drew should have won. Yeah, that's fair. That's understandable. But... I personally didn't have a problem with it. I love that they told a great story. The crowd were involved in it. Um, they did it in a way that it made sense. I don't think they overdid it. And we got to have someone debut out of it. Then we ended the night with Drew McIntyre and Tyson Fury singing American Pie and singing Oasis. Crazy night. Absolutely crazy night. What a few days. That's That's all I can say. Um, Cardiff was amazing Cumbran was good for the most part there was one little hiccup in Cumbran which I do have to talk about because I gave a place earlier uh, a very good mention there's one place I need to give a bit of a bad mention and that's a pub in Cumbran called the Oddfellow the Oddfellow's Arm or something like that let me actually get up the proper name of it I don't care I'm going to shit on this place because to be fair, the majority of people here were actually okay, as in, like, they treated us well, but, uh, I, I didn't like the way some things happened. So, let me just see, Cambran, uh, yeah. So, we were in this pub, watching the Manchester United versus Arsenal game. We walked into the pub, and there were these three pit bulls there, which... You know, pit bulls aren't exactly Labradors. They're not exactly the most friendly of uh, of dogs. And this obviously had us a little bit nervous. Not only that, we had this very weird man, right? This very, very weird man who... It was weird. Like, Wales is a great country full of great people and proud people. And yeah, I get that some of them don't like being a part of the UK. Others do. Each to their own. But it was like he heard that we were Irish or whatever. And instantly he just had a problem with us. And then you see it was funny because I think he thought we were from Dublin. And he was like shitting all over Dublin saying how expensive it is. And I was like, yeah, I agree. Dublin is very expensive. And I don't, I'm not a huge fan of Dublin. No offense to anybody from Dublin because I have friends there. But like... I like Dublin when there's an event on, but that's kind of it. I would rather not be there. And he's like, another place I like, then it's Londonderry. And I was like, oh, here we go. Okay. It's like, you're just trying to get a rise out of us. And I just felt like it was a very uncomfortable setting. We also had a lot of racial slurs in there. There was a lot of uh, use of the N-word, which I thought made no sense because there was people there watching a football match who supported these teams. Obviously, I'm a United fan. There was United fans in there. There was Liverpool fans, Arsenal fans, Spurs fans. And they were calling black players the N-word. And I'm like, lads, 
Okay, if you're a United fan, it's stupid because we've had Andy Cole, Dwight York, fucking Nanny, Patrice Evra, Anderson. You know, right now we have Malassia, we have Rashford, we have Sancho, Fred. We have a lot of black players. Like, and even if you don't have any black players playing for your team, you shouldn't be using that fucking word. If you're a Chelsea fan, you're a hypocrite because Didier fucking Drogba is one of your best players of all time. Ashley Cole. Arsenal have had Thierry Henry. Your Liverpool have had um, Mane. Like, we've all had great players who are black. And if you're going to use the N-word, you're just a fucking dumbass. But anyways, yeah, the odd fellow's arm. Is that the right? Yeah. Don't go there. That's what I'll say. Somehow it's gotten four stars on Google reviews. It is not a nice place. It really isn't. So, yeah. Uh, try and avoid that place at all costs. Sorry, I'm just... Obviously, this review has turned into something completely different because the Queen has just died. That is crazy. Wow. I can't believe... That's so typical. That is so typical that something has to happen as I am recording. Well, you know what I'm going to say. All I'm going to say is this, right? You don't have to like the monarchy. You don't. Uh, I I don't really understand the point of it. I really don't because like I feel like it's kind of like the Irish the Irish president. They don't really seem to do anything. <laughs> They're just kind of there. But she's lived to what ninety six or ninety seven. Fair play to her for getting to that age. Look, she's never done anything to me. I can't really say anything about the Queen. I don't really have any strong feelings for or against her. But uh, yeah. That's mental. Rest in peace, Elizabeth. If you hate me for that, well then, fuck you, because I doubt the Queen has done anything to you either. But, listen, it is what it is. Um, Yeah, I'm not from the UK, so I feel like nothing's going to change in my life here. But I just hope the football is not off tonight. I'm sorry, that might sound very disrespectful. I'm really sorry, but I, I am wondering that right now. But, uh, yeah, anyways, that's the end of Clash at the Castle um, and my review of, you know, the show and of being in Wales. That was great. The Oddfellows arm can go fuck themselves, the racist bastards. And, uh, yeah, I would highly recommend, if anyone's thinking of going to any WWE stadium show anytime soon, whether it's the Royal Rumble, uh, WrestleMania, obviously being the main one, SummerSlam, or if they do another big um, stadium show outside the US or North America, uh, I would definitely highly recommend going. Of course, I will end this with a wrestling promo, as I always do. Uh, I feel like I have to pick one now that's like, you know, nothing to do with anything I've spoke about today. Because I don't want like any... I was going to pick a William Regal one, but then I was like, ah, oh, is that a bit, you know, tongue-in-cheek after the Queen dying? But, uh, yeah, fuck it. Uh, I, I, this is one of those times where I have no idea what wrestling promo I'm going to play. But I'm sure, to once again quote Seamus, it'll be a banger. Talk to you all next week where hopefully I'll have no breaking news to disrupt my recording session. But anyways, um, I'll talk to you all next week. Have a good one. Also this Sunday, the WWF title on the line. The Rockets don't go beat for the richest prize in the business. Coming up next, folks, we hope to get a final word from the Rockers Stone Cold next here on SmackDown. We're still here.
enjoying SmackDown in the heart of Times Square at WWF New York. And we are on the last stop on the rocky road to WrestleMania, three days away from Rock Austin. Steve Austin needs to be the World Wrestling Federation champion. 
stupid. 